0: I was watching a little bit of uh, Biden on his way to the White House. They're doing like a little parade thing or whatever. I'm like, what, why are they going so slow? There's nobody there. Is he waving at everybody that he thinks voted for him? I mean, he's used to only attracting like 15 people to one of his events.
1: Um, I have a feeling that my grandfather was rolling over in his grave today when Joe Biden asked for a moment of
0: silence for his death due to COVID. Oh, my God. There's an empty seat now at the head of the table. Surprised he didn't give that speech again. It's like the only speech that Biden knew how to give during the entire campaign. Empty seat at the table. Oh, poor Joe Biden. Did you see the news about Philip Rivers? Actual news that we care about? I don't care about Philip Rivers. I, I I know I had my
1: uh, on mute while I was killing that last Milky Way. Ah. And I had to remove the entire room of Starburst
0: because I knew it would, uh, it would be too tempting for me during the show. <laughs> Props to Philip Rivers leaving the game of football so he and his wife can go start a family. Uh, two more kids and they can start a football team. You ready to talk about mass chaos in the streets? Alright, hit the open. The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network.
2: Politics, pro wrestling, people jumping off buildings, taco shops, top ten lists and four. it's got one guy who likes to get high on a lot of grass, and the other guy got shot in the ass. And now, here's your host of the Hidden The Marks podcast, Jargo. And RBV.
0: Thanks, MSG. Hello, ladies and guys, and welcome to an all new edition of the Hitting the Marks podcast with Jargo and RBV right here at the HTM Podcast Network Online, hittingmarks.com, Hami Media Online, HackerHamin.podbean.com, Hami Media Group.podbean.com. I am the aforementioned Jargo. That's my tag team partner. He is the man, the myth, the legend. He is the real RBV as opposed to the fake RBV. Rick?
1: Welcome back to your show, John. Are you ready to celebrate? Celebrate good times! Come on, let's celebrate. Good times are here for at least four more years. But oh, what an incredible day in American history! That that, that dastardly, treasonous traitor Trump—he took the ultimate bump. Now America's over the hump, Junker. You, you got to be rejoicing with me. We are riding with Biden. H- have you seen this the spending plan he is gonna roll out here? It's not inauguration day, it's resignation day. Go ahead, quit your jobs. We're all gonna be living the high life. No, no, no need to worry about those bills. Don't th- just don't throw them away. You just send them on the way of easy street
0: USA. Hey, what what a glorious day for America. You know, here, let me uh get ready for the uh Biden administration. No, ladies and gentlemen, that was not a beer. That was a Mountain Dew to keep my ass awake. What a boring inauguration, man. We put this off for like two days because, you know, we we, we better wait to record because we got to do an inauguration special. It sounds like there's going to be chaos in the streets. We've got 25,000 troops in Washington, D.C. It's going to be absolutely insane. And then nothing happened because well, I, I it's figured. Biden. No, I figure
1: what you've got here. Why take to the streets? Why assemble in the masses? You know, because we we all are. Biden immediately he is going to cure the COVID pandemic. That's already
0: pretty much under wraps. Well, I mean, he's been president for like three hours at this point, man. I mean, COVID's a thing of the past, right?
1: Uh, essentially, it is almost forgotten here. It's just going to be a a long lost chapter, an overcoming the first you know overcoming the great obstacle mountain conquered by president biden and now it's you know the economy is already booming again as across this great land of ours companies are reopening small businesses once again just not surviving but thriving and you're asking where all these people were they probably were the same place that i was today filling out my wish list and sending it to the white house
0: yeah, well, it does look like the uh, the Dow is up. I'm at thirty one thousand two twenty one as we sit here and record currently. Uh, let let me get an update on Bitcoin because yeah, you know I'm into all that crypto shit too. Uh, let's see. Currently, Bitcoin oh Bitcoin's down thirty four thousand nine seventy nine oh six. So Bitcoin down three point eight three percent today. But the Dow is reacting. So I mean I I, I guess there's that um, I. I guess I'm not too surprised that the market's reacting because now we all get like all this mad free money coming in from Washington, right? So of course, you know Wall Street's happy about that. Oh, I, I, I'm getting a, uh, a hover bike.
1: Uh, I've been eyeing some
0: uh, some pretty new sweet
1: tires for for the for the fat ride that I'm going to probably put together here. Uh, wh- what
0: about you? You're going to get maybe a new studio? 79 Volkswagen Super Beetle. Oh, sweet, sweet ride, sweet ride That's what I'm talking about, man And you know, people are laughing at me right now But if you lived in the Midwest And you had to deal with all the snow and crap that we do You'd want a 79 Volkswagen Super Beetle too You know why? Because them little fuckers don't get stuck The wheelbase is so goddamn wide And it's so low to the ground That those little fuckers They don't get stuck in the snow
1: Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute Wait a minute Did you, did you say Midwest?
0: Uh, yeah, Midwest, yeah
1: Uh, I, I, son of a bitch. I I just had a harsh realization here. When you said Miss Midwest, it triggered something in me. We're we're both Midwest guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm looking at the screen here as we record. I'm looking at our pigmentation. We're both white. How Uh, dare you you,
0: assume my freaking ethnicity?
1: You you, you look white enough. You're a little bit older than me, but we're still uh, middle age. White, middle class.
0: I don't know about Jargo Jargo
1: Jargo Jargo, I think we're we're gonna be left out here I mean well I know you're kind of poking into that other evil tier, but on that high end but wait a minute I just occurred to me all of that I was hyping up that's not for us
0: yeah no none of it's for us we are not Joe Biden's America no we we, we certainly are not Um, but you know thankfully thankfully we don't have to sit here and BS for the entire episode because I was prepared for nothing to happen today and I actually wrote out the, the full Biden 100 days agenda. So we're going to talk about that. We've got a big interview coming up a little bit later on with HTM Sports. Just and, not a big interview, a knockout interview. Yeah, yeah, absolutely a knockout interview. It was a lot of fun doing that interview. Um, and, and then we've got HTM Sports where we, we get to talk about what in the hell I'm going to do on Sunday because I'm torn, Huckleberry. I'm, I'm so torn. I, I don't know what to, what I'm going to do. I don't even know who I'm pulling for on Sunday. It's awful. It's awful. Yeah, if you if you thought an undecided voter this last
1: round had it tough, put put yourself Ugh. just not in the shoes of Jargo, but the heart of Jargo, if you will. It's I, I I'm happy that I can be here with you to have this conversation. Hopefully we can walk you through it and maybe, maybe which would put us over the top for our, our most popular show ever, for you to uh, and Come clean and not just admit, but choose one side of who you're going to be backing this weekend.
0: I I will try to have that figured out by the end of this episode, ladies and gentlemen. But first, we got to start off with our our weekend update brought to us by our friends over at justcbdstore.com. Yeah, the weekend update. And Huckleberry, it's a special weekend. You know why it's a special weekend?
2: Now, everybody gather round and listen, if you would. When I tell you every person needs a way of feeling good, every kitty needs a ball of string and every dog a stick. But all you need is a bag of weed to really
0: That's right, I got the Family Guy jingle about a bag of weed. That's right, got me a new bag this weekend. It's a, it's, it's a great weekend, man. And this weekend, Huckleberry, this is something you can relate to. I think this would be your favorite strain of all strains. I'm smoking Jaegermeister. That's right, Jaegermeister is the name Whoa. of this strain. Yeah, it's an indica strain that's made by Crossing LA Confidential and Blue Dream. It smells tasty, it tastes like black licorice. It's fucking fantastic, man. I'm really, really enjoying it. Kind of a chill out, you know, it's more of like a, a, a happy kind of weed. And then I also, I also got me a new cartridge. Yeah, 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 we're smoking the THC cartridge this week. Got me some grapefruit kush. Huckleberry, are you a grapefruit fan? Uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm opposed to it. You know, it's
1: it's not one of the... It's not on the pyramid of RBV Fitness. Uh, but, you know, if it got mixed into something else, you know, if, I don't know, if somebody threw it on a burger or maybe if it was uh, Wait, blended grapefruit into... grapefruit on a burger? Yeah, I, you know what? You got to try everything, right? You get a little exotic. Maybe if you blend it into, like, a grapefruit-infused hot sauce for some wings... I, I, you know, hey, I, I live on the edge, man. Anything can happen. It is a brave new Biden world. There is that. There is that. Grapefruit Kush. Now, now, let me ask you. You lay out all all that goodness there. If I wanted to get my hands on, you know, maybe some edibles or some vape, something like that, where, where would be a good place to go?
0: Um, let's see. You're you're still down in the uh, Cincinnati area, right? Well, I I can do mail order, right? Is I'm trying it, to feed you plugs here, Jargo. Well, 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 I mean, our, our friends over at JustCBD.com, I mean, you can absolutely get Grapefruit Kush. You, you can probably track down some Jägermeister if you search around the site. But what I'm smoking right now actually has a THC content in it. And our friends over at JustCBDStore.com, there, there's no THC in what they're selling. It's just the good stuff from the marijuana. But without the THC, without the high, you get all the positive effects. You get, you get the mellow out might get a little bit hungry, you know, but yeah, I, I love my CBD oil, man, but every once in a while, I just like to get fucked up and do fucked up shit.
1: But you, with, you know, if you go over to the CBD store.com, so you, you can get all the positives without the positive drug test.
0: Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That's, that's absolutely how that goes. Very nice. How about yourself, man? Did you do anything exciting this week other than watch, you know, uh Joe Biden get inaugurated?
1: Uh see up to this point, you know, it was a it was a pretty uh lazy, laid-back weekend. For the RBV and RBV fitness, uh celebrated my grandpa that is still with us, celebrated his 84th birthday, so we uh, did some fried chicken dinner with all the sides. Can't complain there. Happy birthday, hey, then, grandpa. You know, it is, uh Saturday my sister, she a uh, little heartbreak for her, her team. I don't know where she gets this from, but she is, a, she's a backer of Baltimore. She's a Ravens fan. So That's,
0: isn't that like taboo where you are?
1: I, I understand that, you know. I, I don't, I don't get where where it came from. It, you really would think, you know, in this area, okay, obviously Bengals, right? Then okay, you know, we got a great deal of of Steelers fans, or hell, how about stay in the state of Ohio with the Browns? But Baltimore, you know, come on, man. So, yeah, a little bit of heartbreak for her. But then, nice Joe Biden drop there. Then Come on, on man. The show, man. There you go, on the show. Uh, on Sunday, they came up just short, but the state of Ohio, especially those in northern Ohio, the Browns backers, mighty proud of the fight put forth by the dog pound, by the Cleveland Browns, just coming up short in their efforts at Arrowhead Stadium and uh, their attempts to advance to the AFC championship game uh so all you know those in northern ohio and the city of cleveland and the browns backers i, I know how proud they are and uh, living with them for seven years uh, i had grown and developed a fondness and appreciation for what it means for that fan base and it was nice to see them experience the success that they had this season
0: one other birthday shout out from over the weekend 99th birthday to Miss Betty White, Huckleberry Betty White, 99 years old and still kicking ass. Unfortunately, she uh, she made a comment the other day that her her one mile daily run has uh, been put away thanks to COVID. So now she's sitting at home and and doing some more. She she's basically quarantined by herself. But Rick, Carly and I had this conversation. I believe it was on Sunday, and then I involved you into this conversation. Everybody acknowledges that Betty White is an American treasure at this point. She is number one by all means necessary. We have to protect Betty White. Whatever else happens in 2020, we have to protect Betty White. But then we got into the conversation of who's number two on that list? Who who is right behind Betty White on that list of American treasures and, Rick, there, we could not come up with a clear-cut number two. We got some nominees, but did, did you ever come up with anybody? Who, who do you think belongs at number two?
1: Well, when you when turn me on to this conversation, I was immediately intrigued by this thing. And hey, you're right. When it comes to Betty White, probably American royalty.
0: Absolutely. You don't, Everybody you don't loves hear, Betty White.
1: You don't hear an ill word across the board. And even if you get to that minute, like, 0.001% of the population that's just trying to speak out against Betty white just so they can seem hip and edgy and cool and different and whatever. I mean, we just dismiss them.
0: Yeah. Fuck it, them. It, we love Betty white.
1: Yes. You uni- universally love the, uh, the American royalty, the, the pure national treasure, Betty white. When you get to that number two and I was stumped and I had a few names in mind, but I, I could I could pick out something somewhere in the press that you've seen recently where you saw decent sized numbers, maybe not in favor of that individual, but you did come up with a few that that I would entertain for that two spot.
0: Yeah, so my number two spot belongs to Darth Freak Invader. That's right, the, the 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 man, the voice himself, Mister James Earl Jones, who. I, The thing about when you get into the Betty White conversation, Betty White has been relevant in this country for 70 years. Relevant for 70 years. She has completely reinvented herself, you know, every five, ten years. Who else would would fit into that category? Somebody who's never really had any downtime. Somebody who has been this American icon for literally generations at this point. My choice went with Mr. James Earl Jones. Uh, Carly actually went with uh, Morgan Freeman, which I thought was also a very good choice. And then uh, we we had a couple of honorable mentions as well. But I I think those were the big two was Morgan Freeman and James Earl Jones.
1: I think, you know, that'd be a good toss up for two and three. As you just think of the comforting, the comfortness that you feel when they're involved in almost anything, if it's either as a visual
0: role or just the audio of what they can do for you, I mean you, you put their name on a marquee and they will literally put asses in seats.
1: And really for the most part, you know, they stayed away from a lot of the controversial yep. topics. And I guess it is one of those, I mean, not for us as this is the style of the show, but you know, one of the, the first great lessons that I've learned in professional wrestling. I'm getting ready to walk into the OVW locker room for the first time. And I'm on the phone with Ben Hamid, and he he passed on some advice that had been shared to him, that had been shared to that individual. So down through the generations, never miss an opportunity to shut the fuck up.
0: Yes, sir.
1: You bet. Layout. And that's what, you, you know, when we're talking about these stretches, you don't really think about that controversy. You're just, you're entertained. You have that connection. The relatability from a, a Betty White or, as you said, a Morgan Freeman or or Jones. I think they're, they're, they're really in a class of their own.
0: Then our, our conversation also kind of turned to our generation and looking at people that have just stayed relevant throughout our adult lives and who is going to be that next generation of American treasures, people that have kept themselves relevant. Throughout our entire generation Came up with a couple of names um, Number one, Jennifer Aniston I think Jennifer Aniston is going to Find herself at that Betty White Like level when she is an old lady uh, Danny DeVito I think is uh, he, He's he's just batshit crazy enough That you know you could have that Betty White Did you see what the fuck Danny DeVito said today? And that could be uh, like a Water cooler kind of conversation I have not I mean it's Dini DeVito, dude. He's, he says something stupid every day. I mean, just it's Dini DeVito. It's kind of like the Betty White thing, you know? It's like, oh, it's just, that's just Betty being Betty. That, don't mind her. She's harmless. She's great. Like, Dini DeVito is kind of in that category to me.
1: Well, it, it, it's the, the perception of the character they play as well. Oh, so, absolutely. And, uh, so, you know, at, and even going back to Taxi, he was kind of that person. Yep. Yeah, he's he's kind of, he's that tough nose selfish boss, but deep down in there, he's kind of got that heart of gold
0: that and you I can think relate playing you know. Frank on. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Really? It brought him back. That brings it back. So that's
1: the more relatable character. Yep. And, and that's where you get that craziness. Oh, come on. You know, that's just Danny DeVito that I think you get that because it's so relatable to Frank on right. sunny. Now with Jennifer Aniston, I mean, even with the extraordinary beauty and all the success, she still holds that charm of the girl next door. And she still looks great. Well, and I I think what you get a real connection there is her rocky road in relationships has been so public. Right. That that people just, you feel for. You know, usually you don't have that kind of sympathies towards someone that beautiful, but you do with her. Oh, that poor girl. She's just looking for
0: that perfect mate. She, one day, we're, we're waiting for her to find that love. To kind of flip it and turn it to the world of music, only two names, which is kind of sad to me. Number one, Dave Grohl, of course, the, the front man for the Foo Fighters. He was also the drummer for Nirvana. And I, I can see Dave keeping himself relevant for a very, very long period of time. And then one that's kind of already in this category, but I, I wanted to talk to you about it, Rick, because I'm not sure how history is going to view her. And that's Madonna. Madonna has been relevant for basically our entire lives, but you want to talk about somebody with bad press. Madonna has kind of been the epitome of bad press over the course of 30 years, going back to the like a prayer video when Pepsi fucking kicked her ass off. So yeah, I, I, I how is history going to look at her?
1: I think she'll be someone that's always going to have that, that great controversy around her. You go back to her early work when she really pushed the envelope. You look at people today like, you know, if it's, you know, Grande or or Cardi B, any of those those that have really gone over the top with their sexuality. She's the one that really, she really broke that mold. 40
0: years ago, she did it.
1: And you've had all that, all the craziness through the 90s, you know, the dealing with Rodman, uh, the different marriages. And now, and even recently, she has become so outspoken uh, against so many fundamental foundations of old America that she has created that tremendous divide. I don't see her anywhere in the conversation. Now, I do think it's interesting that you bring up music. And it, it, it kind of it parlays right into what, you know, we're covering here today in an inauguration. So when I would have put in there until what I'm seeing now across social media is Garth Brooks. Ooh, really? Uh, his performance today. It's a welcome. Biden in is being met with some sour grapes, leaving a bad taste in many individuals mouth. And I've seen people already trying to unload tickets, talk about boycotts of, of upcoming performances. So uh, maybe a little bit questionable move there is creating a little uh, divide and rough waters for, for Garth Brooks, you know, up to that point, he, he really kind of for a generation defined country music, especially when you look at maybe transitioning from country into the pop form that it is today from the traditional form.
0: Yeah, he really brought country music into the mainstream and I... I it, I say that in the respect of putting asses in seats when it comes to tickets, when it comes to putting on a show, putting on a concert. It's not just some guy in a cowboy hat and his blue jeans going out there and sitting there with his guitar. Garth Brooks is a, a huge. No, okay.
1: He's he he, he probably more of a Hollywood as opposed to the Grand Old Opry.
0: Yeah. I mean, Garth Brooks grew up a Kiss fan. I've, I've heard him talk about this multiple times. And that's why when you go to a Garth Brooks concert, you're going to a show. It's not going to be just Garth standing there on a stage playing his guitar. You're going to have fire. You're going to have fireworks. He's going to be running all over the place like he's an insane, crazy person. You would think that you were at a rock show. And that's because he grew up a Kiss fan.
1: Hey, you know, uh, I actually I went to Garth's last concert three times or his last tour, his last tour three times
0: i went and i saw garth brooks play live at clinton's riverboat days when his it his first album was getting ready to come out wow yeah okay. he was like there you go. No a little bit of
1: history a little history for jargo there part of history you were there before the ride got going
0: garth brooks pisses me off because he keeps all of his stuff away from streaming sites so, like, I can't go to, like, Apple Music and listen to Garth Brooks. He's one of the very, very few artists that I've looked up that I can't actually, like, just sit and put something on.
1: I got another name on the general topic we got here. Somebody down the road, you know, who the last couple of years has, has kind of been an American sweetheart himself that ruffled some feathers during this election cycle.
0: The Rock. Yeah, and that's the the next one I actually was going to bring up because Carly brought him up and I was like, you've got to be... Dwayne Johnson? Die, Rocky, die? Holy shit, you're right. Like, it's insane to me to think does the wrestling community not realize how big of a star Dwayne Johnson is because we've, we've watched the entire rise? Like, do we not recognize... He is the most highly paid actor in Hollywood right now. Like, do we not realize how good he is? You know, it's incredible where, you
1: know, he's been able to to branch out towards, you know, with the production company and, you know, Some getting bucks. off the victory into television and, and merchandising. I mean, the guy is a, a certified megastar, but I will admit, you know, there's others that feel the way that I do I was a little disappointed not to that he, that he has these views, everyone's entitled to those. But when it comes to someone like The Rock, I really expected th- that he would have been a little more meticulous in, in in how he played the game of chess surrounding all this political uh, propaganda. And I don't know what side you're on there. you know, I thought The Rock would have been someone who would have been perfectly suited in that middle that would have been that individual to talk about, you know, this is causing a great divide. I don't want to further that. I'm the rock. I'm the people's champion. I want to bring you together. If you think it's the right and you can't, you know, you got to do everything against the left. No, I want to talk to you. And if you're the left and you think, you know, the opposite way there, I want to bring you together. I thought that would have been huge for the rock. Would have taken even the rock is certified as a megastar as He is to the absolute next level that would have put him right there. Even at this, this early age, you know, relatively early age in his career as that American treasure that people would look to is, you know, an, un, an unelected, unofficial leader of this country. And I think, he, yeah, I think he let down a lot of people when he came out and, and just threw his support behind Biden.
0: Well, I, I, the thing, there were so many people that were surprised that he came out and endorsed Biden. and I wasn't surprised by that at all. That, that wasn't what shocked me, is that he didn't see a bigger
1: marketing ploy in this thing is what got me.
0: I, and the thing I would when people would bring it up to me that I tried to remind people of he knows Donald Trump. Like he has known Donald Trump for a very long time. and I could see where personality wise that Dwayne Johnson would not like Donald Trump. So I was not at all surprised by Joe Biden and his endorsement of the Biden and Harris ticket I did not take as him declaring, I am on the left side. you know I, I did not take it that way at all.
1: Well, I, I just you know there is that perception there. You know, if if you just said one of those names, it was you know all against all. Yeah. And, and to me, I was and I going back on the Monday locker room this was my initial reaction to this thing wasn't so much that that he was supporting anybody or who he was supporting, is that he didn't see a bigger marketing picture here.
0: Yeah, I I, I can absolutely see that.
1: And I still have never really gotten behind the, these individuals. If it's celebrity, and, and really even myself, you know, when it, when you put it out there on social media, and, and I do believe it's okay. You, you want to have a voice. Sometimes you feel frustrated. You, it's you just like screaming, and now you have this bigger platform to do it on. But even like with yard signs and all that, I, I've never been somewhere and heard anyone just with a blanket statement convince me otherwise, just simply off of their past fortune, fame, or whatever the case might be. A
0: couple other names that we also saw show up at the uh, Biden inauguration today um, that I think are going to be in this conversation, not necessarily are right now. Justin Timberlake, um, I I, I, can absolutely see him being relevant for another 40 to 60 years. Jay-Z and Beyonce, I mean, you have to talk about them together as a couple but I think that the Jay Z story, the the rags to riches, the slums of New York, all the way to the penthouse. I think that is absolutely going to resonate. And then uh, Jennifer Lopez, Jennifer Lopez, you put her name on a freaking marquee, she will put asses in seats. Whether it's film, whether it's music, what what even if it's just to sit and watch her shake her ass for 20 minutes, people will pay to see Jennifer Lopez.
1: I I. I can... I entertain a conversation, further conversation, and thought about those names. Now, is there anybody currently from sports? You see, not just not you know that we're going to love in, in from our generation. That's going to last. Is going to really run through that test of time. It, that it's going to turn that page. Is is Brady able to do that? Can can he get over enough in eventual
0: no. retirement? No, to rewrite that story. The, the the thing about Tom Brady is he's better than you, and he knows it. Um, He is literally like a walking version of MJF You know why you don't see Tom Brady commercials? It's because Tom Brady and the stuff that he endorses, they don't do fucking commercials. They don't do commercials for BMW. They don't do commercials for Mercedes. They don't do commercials for Armani suits. I mean, he is better than, and he's never tried to market himself as down to you. Like Aaron Rodgers uses State Farm. Patrick Mahomes uses State. Fucking Peyton Manning drives a Buick. Like, I was going to say, Peyton Tom Manning, Brady is not that guy. Peyton Manning would probably be that
1: guy from sports that it hasn't really created controversy. And even if you were a fan of his, you know, the, you know, you had to be a fan of Peyton Manning, but even if you rooted for or against his teams,
0: you respected him.
1: Yeah. And he was beloved. So he's, he's that individual from sport. And I think, and, I think
0: that's the difference between Manning and LeBron because LeBron should be in that conversation. The problem is there's so many people that just don't like LeBron James. Yeah, like the personality, the man himself. We know he's a great basketball player, just don't like the guy.
1: Do you think inside, because what drives, you know, really in any field, you have to have that ego. Yeah. You want to be at the top. You want to be the king, no pun intended there, in really every aspect. Do you think something like that would just eat LeBron up inside knowing? Absolutely. It, well, because look, you know, who is not maybe not, maybe not necessarily in comparison to Peyton. I'm sure there's a little bit here. Like, hey, you know, I want that spot. I, I want to be the American treasure of of sports. But we can go on and on back and forth. Anyway, you see, it's across all platforms. The the great debate between Jordan and LeBron. Right. Even when we talk about the competitiveness, the edginess, the cockiness of Jordan, what we know now, to this day, he is still more, probably, he's more beloved across the board than LeBron James.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't even think LeBron's the most loved guy in the league. I think there's more love for Kevin Durant, but I don't think Durant will be in that conversation being on his third team. Um, But I do think his former teammate, the guy who has...
1: Probably Curry. Yeah, the,
0: I mean, Steph has completely changed the game of basketball, and I think the other big thing with Steph, number one, there's not a whole lot of controversy around the guy, uh, but number two, Steph Curry's like what six one, maybe six two. He he's more every man. I I feel like more people can relate to Steph Curry than are going to relate to, you know, six foot nine, six foot ten, Kevin Durant. You know, he's he's more of a larger-than-life superstar. He doesn't. He's more rock than he is. You know, the the guy that everybody's going to relate to and tell the folklore of.
1: No, now he just made me hate Seth Curry. Now, now he is the basketball, <laughs> of, basketball of a dot, dot diver.
0: In a, he's in out a, there to get his spots in. In a kind, in kind of a way, that's not necessarily wrong. I, did you see the? Did you see him beat the Lakers single-handedly the other night? It was absolutely fucking ridiculous, man. I, Steph Curry gets the ball. Anthony Davis is guarding Steph Curry. Like there is almost a foot difference between these two fucking guys. And Steph Curry hits this crazy crossover, goes behind his back, step back three-pointer from like fifteen feet beyond the arc over Anthony Davis sinks it to beat the fucking Lakers, like 115-113. I mean, that guy, he's ridiculous. There
1: certainly is a foot difference, because Davis is one foot past the three-point line and Seth is two feet past it. (laughs) There's your foot difference.
0: No shit, no shit. Well, I guess let's talk about this bullshit. Uh, That's that's a great way to to segue into uh, the president of the United States, right? Let's talk about this bullshit. So the inauguration of Joseph R. Biden Jr., the 46th president of the United States, and Rick, there's not really anything to talk about. Uh, I, I know you watched the speech that he delivered, um, but as far as what what happened to all 50 of the, the state capitals were going to be raided by like armed militias today, and we have to have like 25,000 troops lining the streets of Washington, D.C. for... 14 days leading up to the inauguration because all the crazy Trump people, what happened to uh, Trump's going to refuse to leave office and the military's going to have to go in there and drag him out. What, nothing happened. I mean, like right. we're, we're, we're back to boring American politics. It took about three and a half hours. I
1: was going to say, you know, with, with all the hype surrounding today, you would have thought this was a Vince McMahon production. It, it, it's, a w, it's a WWE hype machine The production crew was behind this thing And instead of a, a, a WWE production What we got was a WWE program It, it was about as, as stale and as boring as possible Well, And, and you
0: I know guess- what the coverage is going to be It's going to be very Meltzer-like See, this was going to happen But then we reported it So plans changed So they they, they decided they didn't want to do that Dave Meltzer is now, like, you know, Pulitzer Prize winning, according to the media.
1: Much like in the world of professional wrestling, it's now in politics. Card subject to change. (laughs) What we did have, you know, I I did think this was kind of nifty. You got to get your shots in where you can if you're the media. As I was was watching on a, a few different platforms, as CNN has put it over, as Trump is leaving, just mere weeks after he launched the most traitorous of attacks on our capital Donald Trump exits the white house for the final time so they they had to get their shots in there
0: i don't understand this why are we still pushing this narrative that donald trump incited this riot it, it is clear it is coming out left, right, up, down, forwards, backwards, and sideways. This was planned. This entire event was pre-planned. Donald Trump could have went up there and talked about rainbows and unicorns and puppy dogs, and they were still going to raid the Capitol. This shit was planned. Why are we still pushing this narrative that Trump incited this when we all know it's bullshit?
1: Well, and I think, you know, what they were kind of hoping and, and you plant the seeds for these, you know, these marches, these protests, these attacks, however, however you want to present this thing on these state capitals, I think it just proves they they really couldn't follow through. They're starting to see the cracks in their facade. People are starting to see through this thing. And that's how this thing played out here. Uh, I, I, I will be interested to see the ratings. See people where they were at. Did they take time away from work? Did work allow this? Did they rush, did they rush out on, you know, if, if you were in the area, if you had if you had the capabilities, on your lunch hour to see what was happening?
0: Do you think people cared that much? Well, I,
1: you think about this. What was, you know, what's really so special selling this thing? This is just your average transition between presidents. So you create that hype machine behind it that is going to maybe trigger that reaction of just this must-see television. I, I got to tell you, it was it was one of the slowest paced, non-eventful, and, and truly, and, and this is speaking for myself, obviously, uninspiring messages that I've seen to the beginning of an administration.
0: Is the, it is, I'm sorry, go ahead. And I I thought you were done.
1: Well, it it is, is they're getting into this thing. You know, I, I can see where the message of hope and who they were trying to reach out to who they are targeting with certain messages, how that could move those individuals. But everything there is, is pretty much what we have heard here. It's about, Empty promises and band-aids on broken legs. They they truly said nothing of value across the board. Just not what I took personally from this thing. Now where I think it's going to lead for the RBV and those like me in America, I can put that aside. I, I know I'm not their agenda. I, I've never been a part of their demographic. I, I would have liked to felt comfort that I still have opportunities, that you still want me to be a part And what I've already contributed, what makes me up as an American about your vision for America, I in no way got that. But even those that they're speaking to, they were talking in circles. They never hit on any true marks inside of that today. And this is is that first impression. I know we've had all these speeches. We had the election run, all of the promises. But this is your opportunity. This is it. This is you coming into your own, your administration, taking life. Going into the White House, you are now officially, it is legit, you are the leader of the United States of America. There's a lot of people out there like me that put put aside all those pre-notions, going into whatever, did absolutely nothing to inspire that group.
0: I think the problem is, at this point, it seems like Joe Biden is he's just dictating to his already existing fan base. I don't see him trying to actually, he talks a lot about unity and then he takes his shots. Like I, 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 I'm not seeing where he is talking to the people who did not vote for him because he thinks that he had all these people that voted for him. And I, I do not believe that that is the case. Rick, how many people do you think voted For Joe Biden. We know how many votes he got, but how many people actually voted for Joe Biden? Like, I think Joe Biden genuinely believes that 80 million people in this country voted for him. And I don't believe that is reality. I believe 15 to 20 million people voted for Joe Biden. I'm not saying he didn't get 80 million votes. I'm saying at least 60 million of those votes were against Donald Trump. They were not for Joe Biden. And I, I, I don't think that Joe Biden realizes that. Like, I think Joe Biden thinks that most of the country agrees with him. And the only thing that most of the country agrees with him on is the fact that he's not Donald J. Trump. Well, absolutely. well, I, I think I, I
1: agree with a little bit of that, and, and I not just a little bit of it, but the majority of what you're saying there. And even in what he, because you had a lot of people, it, they're not just voting for Joe Biden, they're voting for a gateway to ultimately have, the, to be able to turn those keys to go to the extreme left. So uh, in a lot of ways, I, I guess I shouldn't have been so surprised that he didn't go over the top I, I just would have liked a little bit of acknowledgement really got nothing
0: there is no over the top uh, when it comes to joe biden no inside
1: i mean I, I didn't want because he did in passing say you know if you didn't vote for me give me a chance but then he went right back to his rhetoric right we had talked we had talked about it here a couple weeks ago and you kind of you said to me when I was kind of going on a rant about this thing you said Rick kind of step back and think about this do you really expect for them to address any? of those concerns because it is so against what that far left sees as what should be the new norm for the establishment. If he openly addresses those things, we talk about creating new hysteria for the media because they'll turn on each other, his own, his own party, those to the extreme will turn and devour him.
0: And I think that that's the great fear in that, but you know, as I go back and, I think part of the thing that part of the reason Biden is there is to make people not pay attention to that. I think Biden is literally there to bore people out of paying attention to politics so that people like Kamala Harris and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and AOC, they can push their left wing agenda, but nobody's paying attention because Biden is boring. Yeah, and I, you know, and I, I believe, too, you go a little deeper
1: into your theory here. A lot of the reason that you saw so many Republicans jumping ship from Trump at the end to try to get him removed. You know, if, if Trump continues to press from the outside on different issues and bring those to light, you know, those those followers, the media, they'll continue to pick that up. It'll still be headline news.
0: It'll still be the ruling, Trump news now. You bet.
1: Well really the method of operation now from this extreme left is going to be to work under the shade of darkness.
0: Yep, the more low key we can keep it, the more secret we can keep it, the less people we have talking about it, the more media just ignores it because it's Joe Biden. Like people are not they're not going to cover Biden like they covered Trump because Biden's not as interesting as Trump and that's exactly what they wanted.
1: And what's really scary about that is going back to you know where it really wasn't so important about who was sitting in the White House. It was the other branches of our government, yep. and where they have control now and can easily get these things in under the rug. Hopefully, where you're not going to see it reported. Now, this is you know, what we have been preaching here. You've got the the mainstream manipulated media. You've got us here where it's the mind-stimulating media where we've been encouraging you to stay diligent, stay at the front, find your own information, be able to think for yourself. That's going to be of the utmost importance going forward for the next four years is to stay on top of this. You talk about the ultimate chess game. You're going to have a lot of individuals where you've you've lost that fuel for them in Trump. They might be okay with that because in over-reporting on Trump and almost the witch hunt, that we saw transpire and how that's important. And now where you have got the shaming, the social shaming for anyone that aligned on that side, you are now being labeled as a racist. You're a bigot in this new agenda. You are going to be anti-American. So they're trying to push away that voice away. And they've already turned those people against the media. So now when the media stops you know, reporting and all that, they're already going to be turned off and not paying attention to what the hell the media is saying in the first place when they're not the target anymore. You don't have Trump as a target. Yep. So this big chess game, they have put everything together. It, when you talk about a new world order, we're talking about a socialist order that is getting ready to try to make a sweep across America.
0: Yep. Build back better. You betcha. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the the agenda here. Um, Biden's first 100 days. Uh, let's talk I, about his uh, his click list Yeah, let, let, let's talk about the agenda Because nobody else actually is um, 100 million vaccinations In the first 100 days I don't see any possible way That that is going to happen But you know what we need In order to make it happen Here comes the money Here we go Yep, that's right. Here comes the money. Shane O'Mac, we need more money. We need $400 billion from Congress, $20 billion to go toward a national vaccination program, $50 billion for more testing and contact tracing, and $30 billion for more supplies and protective equipment. Uh, Also seeking money to provide paid sick leave to encourage people to stay home if you are feeling ill. And he called for the hiring of another 100,000 public health workers, nearly tripling the current number. The only problem is, I don't know where those 100,000 people are going to be. Because if you've got 100,000 people that have, you know, degrees in medicine, chances are they're already going to fucking work. So where are we going to come up with 100,000 more public health workers? That one I have absolutely no idea for. But Rick, we're talking about another half a trillion dollars right here, just for COVID, and we haven't even made it to the stimulus part.
1: I was going to say, as I look here for the for the COVID, I mean that's really a, a small chunk, yeah, of cash when we're looking at this four hundred billion. I, you know, I kept reading it to myself, and every time I kind of shook my head to hear you say it, almost cringeworthy.
0: Oh, just you wait. Uh, you, we haven't even made it
1: to the big money yet. Well, and let's let's talk about what really jumped out here to me. Here is the, the healthcare workers. And when you, when you're in a tremendous economy, and we just went through that, you know, during the Trump administration, we saw people back to work. We saw unemployment rates at all time lows. Now th- there was one industry that really suffers from that, and that is the, the hospitality, food service especially. Absolutely. Because at that point, when other people are moving up to those good jobs, you start picking from the bottom of the barrel. And that same philosophy, when you oversaturate a market by flooding it with available positions and you're required to fill those, you start picking from the bottom of the barrel. Now, I I guess what's key in there is we have public health workers. And that could be skewed in a a number of different ways. As Jargo, I'm saying way, immediately my mind went to medical, truly trained medical doctors, nurses, specialists. Uh, This could be twisted so many different ways. I mean, this could be down to simple polling positions.
0: That's what's. That's my fear. That's exactly my fear because th- these seem like these could easily be positions to where oh well what if we just have you do this and they're people that are not really doing anything that are being bought off that's that's my actual concern here um because this is very much like the ventilators thing when when the whole COVID thing started and they were we need more ventilators we have to have more ven- we, we don't have nearly enough ventilators and it's like well Okay, but that, how come nobody's talking about we need people to run the ventilators? Because that is an actual program that you have to go through that takes, you know, a lot of tech training. And it's like a two-year program. You need a, a ton of respiratory therapists in order to be running these ventilators correctly. And nobody's talking about that. I, I don't care how many fucking ventilators you have. You have to have people to operate the goddamn ventilators. And I, I don't, there's not 100,000 public health workers out there that are currently unemployed. I don't believe that.
1: Yeah, it, it actually, you know, and, and there, it, believe me, we talked regularly about this. We are talking about an industry that needs tremendous help. and I don't think it's really that it, it is because they're overwhelmed, but that has been brought on because of the the true lack of support and understanding from our elected officials, from the government. They, you know, they, they just figure that we can get through these these high dollar bills. We need these buzzwords to excite everybody, but at its core, they're not really doing anything to solve the situation.
0: Let's talk about the economy. Joe needs another trillion dollars for COVID relief in the economy. That's that's trillion, with a T. That's to cover all of the the fourteen hundred dollar direct payments you know, the, the, basically to equivalent what Trump wanted to give you months ago. $400 a week in the federal unemployment insurance program. People aren't going to be happy about that. They wanted $600 a week. $15 minimum wage. Yeah, we're coming back to that one because I want to talk about that shit. And $350 billion for broke-ass states that don't have anything to do with the coronavirus like, I don't know, California. And then $35 billion for small business. Now, $35 billion sounds like a lot of money, but let's consider that we're talking about $2.9 trillion. And they want to give $35 billion to small businesses. Jump change. And you actually you go in,
1: I was having a conversation about this just on social media this afternoon. Is and I'm I'm pointing out here, I again the messages. The the encouragement that I'm supposed to be believing in from President Biden now, what you know what really concerns me there is a small as a small business owner, the American entrepreneur, and people are like, well, he regularly talks about this. You need to listen to how inspiring he is and engaging in how supportive he's going to be a small business. Yeah, I can see right through those buzzwords and all the BS. When you get down to the, to the basics, the finer details of what they're looking to do, again, it's putting a Band-Aid on a broken leg. They're giving you just enough to survive so that you have to continue to rely on big brother government. Well, and here's that the other is brother. not the American way to grow your business there. And you look at these other incentives, you know, we're looking here about this 1400 direct you know, direct payment. Again, I understand people are looking at rents, you know, they're looking at paying bills They're looking at putting food on the tables each and every week. That's fine. I understand those difficulties. I understand how important that is, but you need to be able to see the forest through the trees. Stop looking immediately at the ground and running. Start the that's still, I know that 600 was very enticing to individuals. That's really what they want there. I still believe they'll get there. He's working with this 400 now. We're in the 15 the 15 minimum wage. Where everything else that's happening here, where is the encouragement? Where is the push to get people to go to work? No one's going to want to have to do these $15 minimum wage jobs when you got all these other handouts coming.
0: Well, and as I look at, okay, we're going to do $35 billion for small businesses. That's all fine and dandy. We're going to raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour. Mom and pop, you know, music store down the street. Suddenly they've got to pay, you know, the high school kid that's there vacuuming the place at the end of the night. You got to pay him $15 an hour. Well, that kid's getting fired. And this is going to happen across the board. This $35 billion for small businesses, that's not going to do shit. But you up the minimum wage to $15 an hour, you're absolutely going to see the unemployment rate go up because all of these small businesses, they can't afford to be paying these people $15 an hour.
1: It's around about, it, we go back to the chess game, it's around about the corral you and the believing they were doing everything for you to get you back on the teat of big of big brother government.
0: And I'm sorry, well, you don't need $15 an hour in the state of Iowa. I under, you might need $15 an hour in New York City. You probably need at least $25 an hour in San Francisco or L.A. But you can't do one blanket policy across the nation because things are not the same in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, as they are in New York fucking city. The cost of living is not the same in Tampa Bay, Florida versus Poughkeepsie. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, these blanket policies for the entire country, they... They don't work.
1: Well, what you end up having, though, is, you know, there in Iowa and Ohio where you have 15 minimum wage, you're going to see that up to like a 27 in places like California, New York. And again, those states are going to be looking for more of a handout because of their cost of living.
0: And I think they're going to end up blowing out the urban areas because when you raise the minimum wage that high, people are just... They're not going to stay in New York City. They're just going to move out of New York City because they don't want to deal with New York City taxes.
1: Uh, It's going to be a roundabout issue. You've got bigger issues when you're looking at how just businesses operating going forward with all the regulations that were here to protect us and ultimately began destroying small business, but even with your big business. Brick and mortar, completely going to be changed. There is no reason for them to be as over-the-top, overwhelming and occupying or employing as they have been.
0: Well, yeah, you, you, you thought you had a hard time getting through the checkout at Walmart before. Now we're going to bump up the minimum wage to $15 an hour. Hope you like self-checkout. No, no, even inside well, of that. just eliminate all those positions.
1: Let's say uh, Liberty Mutual. They They have offices all across the country. Global platform. We're going to insurance and all of that. They had brick and mortar all over. What they have discovered is they can take a good portion of those agents and have them work from home. You bet. So now, why they still need those agents without brick and mortar? Now you know what they don't need. They don't need You know, janitors. They don't need lawn care, landscaping. Yep. You don't need facility maintenance. Uh, you go to the restaurant industry. You go to places, your big chains that that are responsible for employing thousands upon thousands, your McDonald's, your Burger King's, your Wendy's. Guess what? They don't need anymore.
0: Point of purchase people. They
1: don't need the full. Yeah. They, they don't need the dining room experience anymore. No, now you, can you order have cut, from
0: your fucking app. Sit in your car. We'll bring the food out to you. Take your well, ass home. You know, it, everything can go through a
1: drive-thru as well. You or bet. we can run it out to you, which cuts your staffing in half.
0: Yep. Fuck
1: you. Super now spreaders. You, now you've eliminated all of those jobs there. So we have to come up with ways. We're, we're talking about we're going to pay you more. Well, there's going to be less of that pie to go around.
0: Yep. I, I, I just don't see any way that this works out good. Day one executive actions. Hell, he might be oh, signing them right God. now as we
1: talk. Uh, I'm glad I didn't send in a payment.
0: This, this is the one that just... And I know there's a lot of people that disagree with me. We're, we're going to suspend student loan payments. So my question becomes, like a good responsible slave, I paid off my fucking student loans. I paid off every fucking dime. I still got the fucking email from the last payment that I made in 2017 that shows my account balance at zero. I'm never deleting that fucking email because I was damn proud of myself for paying off my student fucking loans.
1: I'm surprised you don't have that thing framed right up there next to your affiliate personality of the year award. I mean... So now and you should be, you should be. So I mean, so you were responsible. You did the right thing. So fuck and me very much. <laughs> you you know? wanted to you wanted to better yourself. You wanted a higher education. You wanted to improve just not yourself, but your contribution towards our society. And you were responsible in the end in returning those funds. No thanks, Jargo. That's not the new American way. Thanks for playing. Try again.
0: Uh, that that one I, I I understand a lot of people are feeling this, and I'll, there's a lot of people that want. Well, they were charged, they were overcharged to begin with. So was I. You know, it's just, it's just infuriating to me. Well, and, and again, here,
1: where is the talk? We have not heard any of this about the true reform in this manner going forward.
0: Yeah, because uh- tuition is still going up. The kids can't even go to the actual fucking school and the tuition is still going up.
1: Hey, we we talk about changing businesses and nonsense that has been exposed. You talk about these education institutes. Oh. They have all they have been majorly overexposed. Oh, yeah. We need millions of dollars for this new library or, you know, this the restructuring of this classic hall. You don't need any of that bullshit anymore. You have been ultimately exposed for what you have truly been doing to not just to the youth, not just those trying to better themselves w- with the wealth of knowledge, but really our, our, our whole society. They have they've stolen. I mean, it, it should be considered. You want to talk about acts of treason. This is right up. There. I wouldn't say it's not treason, but I mean, but just how dastardly and just bullshit this
0: is what they've been able to get away with. Hey. You got $2 billion that you want to light on fire? We're going to rejoin the Paris Climate Accord. That's $2 billion that we just lit on fire for absolutely no apparent reason. We have no reason to be giving these fucking assholes money, especially when our emissions have went down since we left the fucking thing to begin with. $2 billion. Light it on fire. We're reversing the travel ban from a majority of Muslim countries, which, of course, right now, I feel like we should have a travel ban all around the world. I mean, the whole traveling right now seems pretty fucking stupid to begin with. Federal mask mandate. Nope, not what you think it is. It's only going to be on federal property, interstate travel, you know, where Biden actually has the jurisdiction to do that. And we are going to extend the eviction and foreclosure restrictions that are already in place. Fine with that one, but yeah, so that's day one. Rick, uh, how long until we can say we don't like the Biden presidency? Because I'm I'm pretty much there already, and we're only like four hours into it. Well, that that's that's day one. But wait,
1: there's more.
0: Oh, how about yes. day two, Jargo? Yes, D- on day two. A number of executive actions because Joe's got to get a nap. Like it's been a long day for Joe. We can only do so much on say, day one. Does today count as day one, or is that actually? Is that Thursday? Well, I'm I'm guessing. I said he might be signing stuff now. He's probably taking a nap.
1: Well, I, I'm gonna say you know maybe that's why they kind of pushed everything. We we got to get out of here, man. We got to get at this inauguration. We got to be out of here by by one Eastern. We got the early birds. You got to get that early bird special because at at five o'clock they start charging full price. That think goes up to nine ninety nine. So he's got to get his uh, his Salisbury steak and all that for the four ninety nine deal. You got to think he's probably getting ready for bed
0: right now. Yeah, I I, I assume. I mean, Jesus, it's almost five o'clock. So, day two, we're going to sign a number of executive actions to move aggressively to change the course of the COVID-19 crisis and safely reopen schools and businesses, including by taking action to mitigate spread through expanding testing, protecting workers, and establishing clear public health standards. What? Rick, this is this is one of those paragraphs that this was put out by the the chief of staff. That says a whole bunch of words That mean absolutely nothing
1: Talking in circles Running in quicksand
0: Doing absolutely nothing Other executive actions Biden plans soon after he takes office include rescinding the permit for the Keystone XL pipeline, which is going to be an absolute fucking mess. Ending Trump's national emergency declaration at the southern border, which is going to be a fucking mess. We're going to talk about that one some more. Stopping federal executions and reversing the ban on transgender people serving in the military, said a person familiar with his plans. Now, I have seen where this has been brought up to the, the potential new uh, Secretary of Defense as well, it, or, or maybe it was the the Pentagon appointment. Um, it, I see no reason why, you know, transgender people ca- can't serve as long as they are qualified. Ah, see, that that's where you get into the, the they're not.
1: Qualified. Ooh, jargo, Jargo, we, we don't like your underlining tone there. You can't have a, an if or a but. Oh no! It can, it can I, only I will, I will come. Come. The other,
0: buddy. Here, can here only be comes one or the, the hot other. take. Here it comes. This is what's going to get us canceled. This is what's going to get us, you know, just completely taken off the air. If you're going through hormone therapy, I don't want you anywhere near our fucking military. Once you've completed hormone therapy, before you go into hormone therapy, fine, fucking dandy. You start fucking with your hormones. I don't want you walking around inside of our military with our nation's closest kept secrets. I'm sorry. You are disqualified. You are not qualified. So see, we're going to allow the transgenders to serve in the military as long as they're qualified. The problem is they're just not qualified.
1: And I think that was the issue from the get-go. Yes! Is you, you have this <laughs> scientifically proven... Uh, about how difficult that transition can be. And then the added stress and pressure of the military lifestyle. That was one of the major concerns going in, but no, it's either you're for or against your progressive or you're just downright evil. That's how it's been presented here. Here's my, I agree with everything there with the transition and how difficult that needs to be, and how you know carefully that needs to be cultivated.
0: I mean, hormone therapy—you're you're almost in vaccine altering your DNA territory for me. Like, no, this is an awful idea.
1: But what's another big thing that you know that I that I really stand tough on when it comes to looking at, at these broader national pictures? It's financial responsibility.
0: I don't want to have to be responsible for paying for this. Yeah. Yeah, very much agree. Especially when a lot of these people, that's why they join the military, is just to have it paid for by our tax dollars. And that's also kind of a problem with me. Yeah. Just saying. Okay, so let's talk about this, uh, this DACA thing. Create an eight-year path to citizenship and fast-track anyone currently in the DACA program. Now, Rick, this is important. Um, Because as we mentioned earlier, we are going to end the national emergency declaration at the southern border. At the same time, we have a giant caravan that is currently making its way through Mexico because they want to get into the country before Joe Biden signs this thing. Because then they have a pathway to citizenship and they, they, they don't have to worry about it. And there's some of these individuals that are flat out telling, and I didn't rip clips today because I I thought we were going to do something else, but I didn't rip clips. There's a guy who says straight up, like, President-elect Biden is going to help us. We just have to make it to the country by the time this is signed. That is their train of thought. If we can just get there before he signs this, we're in. This is fucking horse shit, man. This is fucking is it, bullshit. It's the it's
1: cannonball run. It is the amazing it race. It really
0: is. It's cannonball
1: run. <laughs> with people. <laughs> it, just on the surface, the ridiculousness of, of what you described here. <laughs> it, it not that, that I think you're exaggerating. This. I mean, it, it is it, the ridiculous because of the reality,
0: the truth, that this is actually happening. I mean, they, they get the video. They, they, the video is out there. They, and, and these are not happy people. The, these are people that are clashing with police in Mexico so that they can make their way to the southern border to get their ass in the fucking country before Biden signs the shit. Like, this is the train of thought here.
1: And, and you know how much I, I, I am uh, into the, the Old West and the Westerns. I mean, this is like the, the run for Dodge City for Tombstone.
0: Yes, it that's, outrun, it outrun, really is, outrun,
1: outrun, the law, outrun the law, establish a new identity, a new self, a new set of standards that clean slate for what we are looking at is the future of America. You get into this DACA program inside of itself. It goes back to the financial spending, the the, the responsible spending. This is something a program that they need to seriously sit down. Just focus in on this. One of those not six hundred page documents they're trying to get through with everything tacked onto it,
0: bro. Can can you imagine if they actually tackled immigration reform? Six hundred pages would be like section A. Yeah, subsection
1: A seven. Yeah, I mean they
0: would, they would, this would end up being like a a five thousand page bill.
1: And this is why it's an absolute joke inside of itself. I mean, I do agree that we do need complete reform. I'm okay with the the belief, the American way. You know, give us your huddle masses. This is a land of opportunity. I'm okay with presenting that, but it needs to be structured properly. We well, need to make sure that we are financially res- that we can be responsible in this spending.
0: When has our government ever been financially responsible? We, we we're talking about $2.9 trillion right here.
1: I, I'm wishing in one hand and pissing in the other. I understand that as I'm saying this, but I, we still need to, uh, to press these issues, to have these conversations with the, the people just by opening the dialogue. In trying to get back and forth on these things. Let them know it's not one way or the other. We can meet in the middle. We can come to agreement with ways that these can work. I believe that is the real key is to getting more people on board that this entire system is fucked.
0: Well, and you talk about the entire system being fucked. You know, you know why it's fucked. It's because of Trump. It's all because of Trump. So much so that he's still fucking it up because now we've got to deal with this phony impeachment bullshit. That's not going to pass because you're not going to get 17 Republicans to flip on Trump. It's just, it's not going to happen. So I consider this a, a grave waste of time. Oh, it's, it's not a waste of time, Jargo.
1: It's not a waste of time because of the chess game and everything we just listed, because guess what you're going to hear about? And what you're not going to hear about.
0: Well, but the problem is even with the impeachment, we, we still have appointments that we have to get through the Senate. It seems like Biden feel, you know, it's like he woke up this morning and we got to get all this shit done by noon because I got to get in my fucking nap. You know, I, I just I, I don't see any way that this is going to happen, especially with impeachment on the table. Of course, the longer we can drag on the phony impeachment the longer we're giving the immigrant caravan to get closer to the border. So, I mean, you know, maybe that's actually what's actually playing in here.
1: This is all, it, it's all part of the chess game.
0: It's, it, it's absolutely absurd. And we're going to try to cover it as best we can. But first. You, you know, well, right one
1: here. of the things that stand out in here that the stopping federal execution, this sounds like this is a federal execution. <laughs>
0: Yeah, sadly, it really Joe Joe
1: Biden government done by 1 p.m.
2: Hey guys, it's the Andrew Bella from the homie media group podcast of the year, the Wednesday locker room and the former host and founder of the next level wrestling podcast. It's 2021. And it's time to kick out and leave the past behind us hameen media group starts the year off with over 2.25 million downloads and our fan base is continuing to grow every day thank you for subscribing and sharing all of our channels podcasts and videos and for standing strong with hmg in the face of ongoing censorship we will always adapt and overcome any obstacles put in our way we will overcome and certainly achieve even more success in the ever-changing digital landscape. Please make sure you're subscribed to Hacker Hameen and Hameen Media Group on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Thank you to all of the Patreon.com slash Hameen Media Group subscribers, home of the Rip Rogers FR podcast named by Patreons to be their favorite show on the entire Hameen Media Group network. More content, including marketing and podcasting seminars, watch-alongs from Hamin's career in 2CW, OVW, DCW, and more. When you subscribe to Patreon.com slash Media Group, you are the fuel that drives HMG's free shows for the entire community. We salute you and thank you for your continued support in 2021. We continue our year supported by our daily listeners and our local sponsors including ProWrestlingTees.com. Get the shirts of all your favorite Hameen Media Group wrestling personalities and support them directly. Greek God Papadon, Stevie Richards, Chris Silvio, SEG shirts for Big Sal, and of course, Ben Hameen Also, check out ZordosOliveOil.com. Make a healthy choice for 2021 when you cook with Zordos Ultra Premium Artisanal Olive Oil imported directly from Greece. Visit ZordosOliveOil.com today and taste the difference of an ultra premium product for yourself. And wake up, bro. It's time to get the official Vince Russo Bro Coffee. Kick the day off right, bro, with a cup of Brosters Coffee. The exclusive limited edition Vince Russo Bro Coffee is a medium roasted Nicaraguan blend, with chocolatey notes and a smooth finish that will have you up and ready to go, bro. Order yours exclusively at thebrosters.com. And it's 2021, and the Hameen Media Group staff are all committed to Stevie Richards' fitness this year and getting ourselves into the best shape we've ever been in. You've seen Big Ray's amazing transformation, and there are plenty of SRF members interacting right now, motivating each other for the new year. So, don't worry about gyms and lockdowns. Let's get in shape together using our community for support and Stevie Richards Fitness to achieve our goals for 2021. Join us and visit StevieRichardsFitness.com for the most affordable and effective home workout program that will give you results, real results. 12 and 16 week resistant band programs are available for instant download now at StevieRichards.com and RussoBrand.com where the pros are pros, bro. Hear the most valid opinions in wrestling from the pros who live it. No other podcasting platform and online wrestling punditry has the lineup of wrestling stars like RussoBrand.com, Stevie Richards, Disco Inferno, Shane Douglas, Justin Incredible, Big Vito, Stevie Ray, Taylor Hendricks, Bin Hameen, and now there's even more shows on the way with a partnership with the two-man power trip. Why would you go anywhere else? But RussoBrand.com. We thank you for listening and being an incredible community of wrestling addicted, conspiracy minded straight brim hat wearing infidels By the way, Ben Hamine wrote this copy and I'm currently in a basement being held at gunpoint. He's already shot Adler's twice and I hope this is the correct style of intro he was looking for So enjoy the show, HMG listeners. Please, for the love of Stevie, enjoy the show
0: Special shout out to our friends over at Hameen Media. Big shout out to our boy, The Andrew Bello Guys, if you are on Twitter, go check on our friend Bellow. He, he may not be doing okay today. All right, enough enough about your resident God of Thunder. Let's bring in our guest coming to us by way of Rancho Cucamonga, California. She is a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, sporting an MMA record of four and two. Currently ranked number seventy of eight hundred and thirty-seven women in the United States, pound for pound, according to Tapology.com. And on February fifth, she makes her debut for Bare Knuckle FC. Ladies and gaijin, Miss Sharissa Sigala. Sharissa, welcome. Welcome to the show.
3: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Hey, Charissa, Rick Vickery here. I want to say absolute honor to have you on with
1: us here at the Hitting the Marks podcast. Uh, we, we've got so much to cover when it comes to, to knuckle mania coming up just around the corner, February 5th. Uh, but, you know, in researching your incredible journey, now I, I believe the biggest highlight, not only that, that that you're married, but what's so very rare in the fight game is you're a mother of three. Yes. I, I, I want to kind of kick off the conversation here and just learn a bit how you know how the family and and the kids how they have can continue to inspire you uh, on your journey through the fight game.
3: So my young, my oldest I had actually as a teenager, um, and just having her, I had to grow up so quick. Um, so. I knew uh, right away that I was going to make sure that, uh, you know, it's sink or swim at that age. You're either going to keep going with it or you're going to, you know, just continue following in the footsteps of what most people do when they're a teenage mother. So I told myself, I'm going to make sure I do everything I can to show my kids that they can make the most of whatever situation that they're, they're in. And that's what I did. So, you know, if I saw something that I wanted, I made sure that I did, everything I could to go forward and, and get that goal. And when I found the love for fighting and martial arts, I did the same thing. So I'm hoping that I've I continued to inspire them to go after their dreams as well.
1: Uh, that's interesting. You mentioned that the, the oldest is a teenager, correct? She's actually an adult. Oh, <laughs> She's, a, a young adult. She just
3: turned, she just turned nineteen.
1: Wow! So she uh, yeah. going into adulthood. I do have to ask you though when when the boys come hanging around, is it mom who has to put the
3: God to fear into them? <laughs> you know what? There's me, and then she's got her brother. My son is uh, he's fourteen, so I'm all he's that age. We'll, we'll all cook their butts. The rule in the house is if uh, she wants to bring around a guy, they got to go into the jujitsu gym with us and see how <laughs> how long he <we> lasts. <laughs> If they can hang with us, then maybe they can hang around my daughter.
1: <laughs> I I, th- I gotta believe that's gotta be a little more terrifying than you know the old the old pops with a shotgun. You, you got mom over there with the dwarves
0: <laughs> ready to go.
3: Oh yeah. You know I don't know which is worse, having mom beat them up or you know. Brother, or dad.
0: <laughs> I, I, I think this is actually better. If you have mom threaten to beat him up, then you're then you're kind of emasculating him too. Like my my oldest is is seventeen. She's recently been bringing her boyfriend Colby around, and uh, I need to have a little conversation with Colby because he he keeps telling Sydney he's like I don't think your dad likes me, and it's like well listen here son it's not my job to like you it's your <laughs> job to make me like you.
3: Exactly. <laughs> You're with my baby girl. Mom, I don't care how old they are. They're right? still my baby. Exactly. Mom, I know they're all going to find someone eventually, but as long as I can keep them under my wing, I'm going to keep them there.
0: How old how old is your youngest then?
3: She's 13. She okay. just turned 13. Both of them are Christmas babies.
0: So so over the course of the years, was it like clean your room or mommy's going to tap you out?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah they still don't listen <laughs> they've done jujitsu with us they sort of stopped um so they know a little bit but that's the fun part is everyone wants they want to pick on each other instead of just the normal picking on each other it's usually mom you know so and so has me in a choke mom i tell my girls i don't care because i you know I, I try i teach my girls to grow up and be strong. So I said, I don't care what you do. If you have to pull hair, if you have to fight, I don't care. You do whatever you need to do because at least, you know, even though it's brothers and sisters, I'm like, at least if they're training with them when they get out there and something happens, I'm not as worried, but I still don't want them to kill each other. <laughs> at what
0: at what age do you would you recommend somebody like you know hey I'm thinking about getting my daughter into jujitsu. jitsu like at what age would you say yeah they can actually grasp this they can really get what's going on here
3: A lot of kids actually start at 3 um our gym starts them at 3 um wow for- Cause I at Gracie Baja. It's a huge organization. Um, they're all over. I think there's like 900 of them now. Um, there's a lot, 600, something like that, but, um, they start them young. There's a the kids program and I think they pick it up actually pretty quickly. Um, but they don't teach them all the, cause there's a lot of advanced techniques that you learn when you're more like a teenager and adult. But it's really interesting cause I've coached as well at the gym that I go to and, one thing that you see is when the kids pick it up, it's it's sort of inspiring because you're like, man, they, they, they're doing a couple of little techniques that I forgot about here and there because there's like a lot of steps to do certain moves that you need to do. And there's a certain way your body needs to be positioned um, to get certain angles for like the arm bars and the chokes and whatnot. And so when you see the kids do it, it's pretty cool, but they'll, they'll pick it up at age three, but they add a lot more. Games and stuff for the kids at that age. In between, so it's not the same type of class that you would have for the adult.
1: I think that's pretty. What's really cool about that itself is that you know you're you're in, you're graining those philosophies, that foundation so early, so that they can make those transitions later on. Uh, now you you yourself, you got into the fight game. I knew you were into jujitsu for a longest time, but it wasn't really until mid to late twenties that you you started trading. Correct in, so I- in MMA style.
3: Yeah, I was actually like 24, 25 when I started jiu-jitsu. And it was like around 28, 29 when I, I started MMA. But I always wanted to do it. It's just one of those things where it was finding the right place to do it at and making sure it was the right atmosphere. Because when I was younger, when it was, I mean, it's still male dominated, but it was like you would hardly find any girls in the gym when I was like 18. Um, it was just one of those things that you didn't see. So it was a little bit different and a little bit, um, more nerve wracking going into gym than it would be now. Cause now most of the time you go into gym, you'll still find a couple girls here and there. Um, it's just that comfort level that people have to have same thing with jujitsu. It's still male dominated, but you are finding a lot more girls in the game now than there was in the past.
1: It, it, that's something that, you know, I was always curious about. i always put it the opportunity and thankful now that I have it here is, is you're talking about how, you know, at certain times and even still today, it's a bit rare and it, it is changing, but it is still rare that that we see females involved in, in combat sport. What is it like, you know, if you're out at maybe one of the kids' functions or you and the hubby are out with friends, you're meeting new people, what is their reaction when they find out you do what?
3: I, you know, there's so many, I don't know if there's like a certain look that people think that you're supposed to have, but I feel like I get that a lot with, the fighting not so much for the jujitsu because i think um jujitsu there's a lot of different people who do it because for jujitsu you're not getting punched in the face you're not getting kicked you are getting choked but it's still um it's it's called like the you know the a little bit of a softer side to jujitsu but not it's still a hard sport um so for the jujitsu it doesn't really surprise people as much it's more the fighting <laughs> that's the biggest reaction, and they're like, "Aren't you worried about your face?" Not really. Well, <laughs> there's a lot more that I'm worried about than what's going to happen to my face. I'm well. I do live in California. There's a lot of plastic surgeons. So, <laughs> well, at the end of the day, if I was really <laughs> cared after my bike career, maybe I'll do something. But I'm, uh, that's the least of my worries. <laughs>
0: well, I, I I saw in doing my research that you make your amateur debut in August, or I'm sorry, in June of 2015. And yes. then you're you're turning pro in November of 2015. So th- there wasn't a whole lot of a buffer space there. At what point do you like sit down and you're just like, you know what? I think I want to get punched in the face for a living. Like, <laughs> you know, what, what's that kind of psychology, you know?
3: You know, I've always been a tomboy growing up. I was always into sports. And it's sort of one of those things, even for what I, you know, i am going to school for I've always been interested in the skills that the body can do the human body can do because there's so many things you're like what this person did what when you hear new records you know uh the strongman challenges and stuff so for me it was just one of those things where I'm like it just made sense for me because it's something that I've I've always liked hanging around the boys. I've always liked doing the uh, jujitsu and stuff like that. And when I started MMA, I was already a purple belt. So I felt like, and even my coaches, like it took a year, I think about eight months to a year of training before I even did my first amateur. And most of the time we were working on mainly the... The stand-up game, which is all the you know the punches. I've always been more into boxing than I was into kickboxing, but obviously you got to add everything into into it. You you don't have to be amazing at everything. You just have to understand and be good at um, everything you're doing. You have to be well-rounded um, in MMA to make a name for yourself and to get out there and to be able to compete at the higher levels. And so for me, it was it, it's just one of those things that I've always done since I was little. I was always climbing because I lived in Apple Valley for the longest um, when I was growing up and I would climb the Joshua trees with uh, my neighbor next door that was my best friend that happened to be a boy. And so it was just one of those things that just fit right into everything that I had already been doing since I was little.
1: It, it, oh. it, it,
0: it,
1: you talk about those differences in you know the styles from jujitsu, you're you're going into MMA, you're incorporating all those different kind of styles. Let's talk about that adjustment now as you're going the bare knuckle. I mean, it's got to be a completely different beast, a, co- a completely different mindset.
3: Oh, yeah. Um, so for MMA, you're worried about a lot more th- Things because in MMA, there's you know you, you might go against a kickboxer that's really good at, at knees and elbows, and um, you might go against a wrestler that's really good at takedowns. I don't have to worry about any of that. And this, I just have to worry about lots of punches. And there's no gloves. So in MMA, you can get hurt just the same as you could in um, bare knuckles. So oh, I don't know if it's me or uh, Tony fixed my.
1: I think I think you're good. Uh, it was a little okay. a little blotchy there, but you're you're good.
3: Okay, I'm like I see myself uh, stuck on the screen. Sorry, <laughs> let me get back to that. Yeah, so for MMA, you're just more worried about the punches and everything that's coming to you. So for bare knuckles, it's more about conditioning your knuckles and getting used to the actual, um, you know, nothing patting your hand, nothing doing any of that to for this. Uh, for this event. So it's more about just making sure those boxing and the punches are coming out crisp and that you're getting a lot more of that other than uh, and not having to worry about dipping as low because you don't have to worry about the knees to the head or those kicks to the face. So it makes quite a bit of difference.
1: Now in your training I know endurance is a huge part of your camp. What you have going on there is Is that where – did you transition because of that into – I've seen you've done like the Spartan race, the the Mudders, all of that. Did that kind of lead you down that
3: path? So the strength and endurance thing um, is something that I've always liked. And for me, it didn't really lead me into BKFC. Actually, what happened is COVID. (laughs) And right now, there's not a lot going on as far as – organizations that are out there really it's only like UFC you have a handful of like LFA and there's a couple other cards that are doing MMA events and MMA still isn't off the table um one thing that I'm grateful for with BKFC you know and thank you David Feldman and AJIP for having me on there is that they have it so that you know if one does come along and it makes sense you can still do MMA but you know, there's not much going on. So if I want to still continue with the fight game, it's one of those things where, you know, it just made sense at the time to start doing bare knuckles.
0: Yeah. You you bring up COVID. I I, I saw your last fight was actually in February. So that was, you know, before like the big global pandemic lockdowns really started. How is it going to be being in there, you know, in the era of COVID, you're not going to have, you know, all these screaming fans. If there are going to be fans at all, I assume it's going to be like a sixth of the capacity of what it typically would be. How does that affect a fighter in, inside of the fight?
3: Yeah. Sometimes I think it might actually be better. The one thing is when I get into my fights, actually I'm pretty tuned out for every Like you know, it's there and you hear it, but when you're in there, it's, I'm sure it's almost like the same thing as singers up on stage. You hear the people, but you sort of tune it out because the only thing you're really focusing on is what's in front of you. Um, if I focused on the crowd the whole time, I think that would really change your mentality in, in there. So I don't think it has a huge effect. The biggest thing where I think it changes it is when you're walking out into that actual um You know, for us, it's the squared circle. Um, If for MMA, it's the octagon or the ring or the cage, depending on what organization you're doing. So that's the only part that I think it's going to be a big difference. But this one still looks like they have um, quite a bit of people in the arena. So I've done all different size shows. So some have been having smaller crowds, some have bigger crowds. So it's, it's not a big change. I think the biggest change is having to get all the COVID tests Uh, you know, right before, I think that's going to be the biggest change.
0: You you talk about the walkout. I got to ask as, as the resident music junkie, what's the walkout song? What's, what's that song that puts you in that mindset that I'm going to go out and I'm going to whip this bitch's ass.
3: I still haven't decided on my song yet. So the thing with the walkout song, there's so much to it because there's that. And then you're also thinking about getting the crowd pumped up. It's like your intro, especially because this is my first um, BKFC and I'm debuting on there. So it's like one of those things like it's really going to get people a little bit of uh, more insight as to who I am. So I'm still debating. Cause I, I like a lot of different types of music and there's so many songs out there. I'm like, does this sound good? I keep asking my kids, what about this one? My daughter's trying to help me out. <laughs>
1: for, for those that are listening that are, you know, the over the top fans for you know UFC MMA, can you paint us a picture of, of why they should be excited? What they can really expect when, when we do, you know, tune in for the bare knuckle fighting championship.
3: The one thing with bare knuckles is it's a lot of action. <laughs> it's a lot of going forward, um, especially with who my opponent is. Um, we're both a little bit wild. So I think it's going to just a lot of action, all, a lot of set pace. And most of them end up pretty bloody. So I'm all, I, uh, those are those things where it, it's one of those crazy things, but I, I don't mind the blood. I'm like, it it gets you going. So it's a lot of action. And usually, the fun things so much, especially for the fights, are those people that are just right in front of each other um, swinging it out, and that's how most of these events are.
1: <laughs> uh, Jargo, do you, do you have the uh, the breakdown there with the opponent and all that handy?
3: Um,
0: no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, you I you was going to submit. You even me, mentioned your opponent. All there. This information up before uh, we started. Uh, what is it, Miss Starland? Is that her name?
3: Yeah, yeah. Starling. Yeah, Sorry. but see a lot of things on her have her, another last name of Jenkins. Um, yeah.
0: That's where I got it. Aha! <laughs> we,
3: we had, it had a this research. whole
0: conversation in the research and it was like, he's like, I don't think that's right, dude. And I was like, well, where the hell did Jenkins
3: come from then? Yeah, I was like, I had to go look to find her. You have to look up a bunch of different names. So (laughs) how much of that actually plays into
0: it? Like how much film study is there inside of the fight game?
3: So you want to study your opponent because there's always going to be things that people bring into it that are going to continue with that person. But you also want to see how they're progressing. So, you know, you know, they're not going to change that much if they bought maybe like a couple months ago. So if you see something from a couple months, you know, that's probably how they're probably still going to go. And you're always going to learn things from every single fight that you do, win or lose. So it's always important to look and see what, what they were doing on their last fight, even their last couple. So it is a huge part of it.
1: Well, so we, we do oh, know it's uh- Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship it is the world's fastest growing sport, uh, and they're going to be presenting Knuckle Mania. That's going to happen Friday, February 5th, 2021. You guys are going to be in action down in Florida, but it's going to be streaming around the globe and get it on pay-per-view. It's going to be available on Fight TV. Uh, start time for that is going to be 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 on the West Coast. We're just a couple weeks away. I know you're excited. You're heavy into the training. You're making all the PR rounds. I say just thank you for your time. Thank it's up and by to share some tremendous insight with us.
3: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
0: Charissa, how do people keep up with you when it comes to social media? How do they keep up with Bare Knuckle FC? Go ahead hit all the plugs.
3: So for me, I am on Instagram. It's Teresa underscore sweetheart. Um, For uh, Twitter, it's going to be BKFC sweetheart. And then on um, Facebook, I have the actual Facebook page, which is Teresa Cigala MMA, as well as my personal, which is Teresa Nicole. And then um, for Bare Knuckles, the the best way to go is um, bareknuckle.tv. And then they do they do have their stuff on. um, They have an app and then they're on fight as well.
0: Yes. I ain't gotta work, last night's show sold a lot of merch Bad bitch in my bed so I ain't gotta jerk Forbes list caught me so it's hard to make the dollar hurt All we need is good green and some blue 5 to 1 so it's guaranteed you can do you Still keep the heater just in case we have a boo-boo Kansas City natives and we are a little cuckoo
3: This is type of shit that make the hood go crazy On the interstate doing 180 <laughs> She said do it for me baby Took a double shot and then we all went crazy I- White girls go crazy, black girls go crazy, college girls go crazy, yeah, this is the type of shit to make the hood go crazy.
0: Alright, coming back from the break, coming back from the interview, man, Charissa, Huckleberry, that was awesome, you know, you sent me this uh, here probably about a week, week and a half ago. Um, that, that we had the opportunity to sit down and do an interview with her. And I was like, what the hell are we going to talk to an MMA fighter about? But I, that was a lot of fun, man. I thought that was a great interview.
1: Yeah, you, you know, going into the thing and even in the prelim talks there, you know, say we want to get outside the box here. We want to get, get to know the personality. And that's absolutely what we did. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to check out, coming up Friday, February 5th, uh, the Bare Knuckle Fighting Championships. Uh, this thing is... I, this has got that big fight kind of feel to it that I want to check out some big names across the card. Uh, obviously you know, our new friend, but the whole dynamic is, is very interesting to me.
0: I'm going to check it out too. You know why I'm going to check it out? Page Van Zandt. Don't care uh, he loses, but I want to watch her walk to the Octagon.
1: We've got uh, uh Hey, don't be selling uh Sagala short here.
0: Oh, I'm not. I'm just, Have you seen Paige Van Zandt?
1: I, I know <laughs> if you tune in, For uh, beauty and brutality,
0: Knucklemania
1: is going to have it for you. I like it.
0: I like it. Beauty and brutality. I like it. All right, Huckleberry, let's talk some HTM sports, see if we can get this thing figured out. Number one, I guess we'll run through the games from last week. Packers take out the Rams, 32-18. Aaron Rodgers, his magnificent bastard self, 23 of 36, 296 yards, two touchdowns. Aaron Jones doing his part on the ground. 14 carries for 99 yards and a touchdown. Alan Lazard, four receptions, 96 yards and a touchdown. And Devontae Adams. Oh boy, we're going to shut down Devontae Adams. Jalen Ramsey, he, he's the best corner in the league. He He's going to shut down Devontae Adams. Nine receptions for 66 yards and a touchdown. Jalen Ramsey held the only four tackles during this game. Where the hell did that guy go? Um, Rick, I, I, I felt like this was... The Packers, being the Packers, like they just—they went out there. They—they they did exactly what they've done all season, and the Rams just—they didn't have any answer for it.
1: Well, it, and I really think you know this isn't a letdown for the Rams. They had a great bounce back year after the disappointment of not making the playoffs after their Super Bowl appearance. Uh, to get back, you know, really, I mean, it was a hell of a fight for them to get to the postseason. And for them to pull together, we saw a tremendous defensive effort all year. Uh, top D's number one in scoring. This is just a case of you've got the Packers on a different level. Rodgers playing out of his mind. This team just clicking on all cylinders. They, they came out firing. And I don't think this should have been a surprise to anyone. You go back to the game there in Green Bay against the Titans and how good this team looked. They were, as I said, you know, they they were fired up, geared up, heading into this postseason. They are on a mission, and I'm still to the point where I gotta believe that they are the team to beat.
0: i i've I'm starting to feel that way. I'm starting to feel that way. Ram's going forward. um Rick, I thought Jared Goff looked really, really good in this game. I, he goes twenty one of twenty seven for one hundred and seventy four yards has a touchdown. But the bigger news was like three days before the game, rumors start flying that the Rams would entertain trading Jared Goff and a couple of picks over to the Houston Texans to get to Sean Watson. And it was like, well, what kind of faith are you showing in your quarterback heading into Lambeau Field in the divisional round of the playoffs if these rumors are actually true? I thought Jared Goff looked pretty damn good in this game.
1: I think this is one of those backfires of your location, L.A. Media drumming up a little dramatic, but I, as we do look forward for the Rams, and you got to believe there might have been a conversation somewhere. There's a lot of conversations that go around. Of course. It's part of the fun of the game is a little bit of the the, the fantasy dynamic. You got to believe that happens. Now, Do they really have lags under them? Who's to say? But the reality of this is when you look at the small window for success that you have in the NFL, it's about to come to a close for the Rams. They hit it very early with the Super Bowl appearance. They had a major step back struggling. They're back in the postseason here. This offseason and into the next season It's going to be very telling for them if they can hold this together. They have got to get it on the right track, or they might you know completely lose opportunity in a year or so talking about complete rebuilding.
0: I, I think the biggest problem is going to be trying to trade Jared Goff. They already paid this kid. I mean, that's part of the freaking problem out there in L.A. They paid Jared Goff, and suddenly, you know, the offensive line isn't quite as good, and suddenly, you know, your tight end's not necessarily quite as good. Then they signed Todd Gurley, and that was an absolute mess. But it seems as though Cam Akers is stepping into that role real nice, 18 carries for 90 yards and a touchdown in this game. And I'm just watching this kid, and I'm going, four years, man, that's all you got. Because anybody that pays this kid big money, then it's going to be over. Like, y- y- you cannot pay running backs in the modern NFL.
1: No, you just you can't take that risk. It, it, it is a dime a dozen position, interchangeable parts. So it, it's going to be interesting to see this offseason, as I said, what direction the Rams go in. you got that huge investment of quarterbacks going to be very difficult to unload. And I know this is crazy. But even, in you know, in his age, golf at over 26, this is each and every year this becomes a younger and younger man's position at quarterback.
0: Yeah. Felt bad for Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald only had one tackle. Clearly was not healthy. He was wearing like a 70-pound vest to go and protect his ribs during this game. You know, everybody told me how good that Rams defense was. Packers put up 484 yards of offense. I realize that Aaron Donald was hurt, but Rick, I, how much of this was just Green Bay's offense? It's just better. And I,
1: it's exactly what I said to open here. I don't really hang this on the horns of the Rams. This is the Packers. They are on a mission. You got the MVP of the league. You've got them clicking on all cylinders. They are hungry for that championship to bring... Bring it back to Title town.
0: Bills knock out the Ravens, pun intended, 17 3. Buffalo heads to their first AFC championship game in 27 years. Josh Allen, 23 of 37 for 206 in a touchdown. Stefan Diggs, an absolute monster in this game. Eight receptions for 106 yards in that touchdown. Total yards, 220. The Buffalo Bills won a playoff game with 220 yards, 32 yards rushing. Rick, is that enough to be any of these teams, whether it be the Kansas City Chiefs, whether it be the Green Bay Packers, whether it be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? You got to put up more than 220 yards of offense.
1: I've really got a feeling with the Bills here, tremendous direction for them. That they continue to grow every year to get towards to be one of those true upper echelon of, that we really talk about amongst the elite. I, I just don't think that they're there. Now, yeah, any given Sunday, you go out there, you catch a few breaks, especially early. If you if you could get up against the Chiefs, you could ride this thing into to the Super Bowl. Uh, but I think when you look at the tail of the tape, I just don't know if Buffalo has enough manpower right now. If they have the guns, to hold up Uh, obviously just against the chiefs, but any of these remaining teams,
0: let's talk about the Ravens a little bit. Lamar Jackson knocked out of the game on the last play of the third quarter finishes the game 14 of 24 for 162 yards and an interception, a big interception completely changed the dynamic of that game. Rick, we've seen Lamar Jackson in a few playoff games now Um can we trust Lamar Jackson? Like is, is how much of him is smoking mirrors and the smoke is wearing off awful fast.
1: Well, I wonder, you know, a lot of the times that you make those comparisons now and they're, they're looking for, when you hear about the experts, the talking heads on this subject, you know, they're, they're waiting for him to break through to be that, that homes. But is it reality of, I mean, is he more of a Vic? Where you get a lot of that that flash and that flare, but not a whole lot of delivery on payday.
0: He's a fantasy football monster. I mean, how much of that just like skews you know what your perception of the game?
1: At at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you're counting championship rings and Hall of Fame jackets. You're not worried about where you stood on your 14 year career on the NFL fantasy list. And this is a lot of what the you know what the Rams are going to be facing here. You're going to have these concerns for, in Baltimore. Is that window is closing? I, I was not aware of this. JB, you can catch him. Me and me and him a little special project we got going. Uh, the bottom line sports book. We have been doing some video form there where we're laying down the big bets of the week. And you know, right now we're heavily invested in the NFL. What's happening in the playoffs is that the Ravens had, I believe, the, the easiest. They're one of the easiest schedules in the league.
0: Uh Uh-huh.
1: They're going to have to make a lot of adjustments there. But one of the easiest schedules in the league to just barely, they had to make a a hard run to get into the playoffs. They're going to have to go to the the drawing board and get some more weapons here besides just hoping for the, the dynamics coming out of their backfield from their quarterback.
0: I feel like we are a hit away from finding out that Lamar Jackson is RG3 with a little bit worse arm. <laughs> you know, like, one hit. That's all it's going to take. Chiefs outlast the Browns 22-17. The, the big story, of course, Patrick Mahomes taking out mid-third quarter, and then the Browns stage their comeback from down 19-3. to the, the Chiefs basically just hold him off. And now the big question is, How is Patrick Mahomes? And Andy Reid would have you believe that Patrick Mahomes is fine. He shouldn't even be in the concussion protocol. He wasn't actually concussed. You see, what happened is, as he got hit, if you look at the video, his neck kind of bends this one way, and what happens is it hit a nerve, and he basically got choked out. He's healthy. He could have went back in the game. He wasn't actually concussed. Rick, this is bullshit. If they let Patrick Mahomes play this week, this is like an AEW Matt Hardy kind of thing. I saw the video. I know you saw the video. Don't try to tell me Patrick Mahomes was not fucking out on his goddamn feet.
1: Well, but you know the importance to have him in this game, going into the AFC championship game. and, and I know, but that order. also
0: proves the double standard, too.
1: Oh, absolutely. And it shows that how you can manipulate the system.
0: He was, or he how wasn't uh, knocked out Come or on. how truly
1: unregulated the system is in their testing hey, I, I do want to make mention of something real quick inside the game itself you said as the browns make their comeback you know they they were in that game earlier as well and had a bad break go their way it, when they had to fumble out of the end zone yep when he was diving for the pylon. It, you know, it and It was, and I know a lot of Browns fans immediately, oh, we know, you know, but, you know, they were trying to make an argument against it. It, it was a fumble. You know, if it would have happened five yards earlier, it would have went out to one. Right. The Browns would have been sitting. It was just one of those bad breaks inside of the game. Uh, so I, I do want to say, you know, as I did open a tremendous effort, the the Browns backers, Cleveland, Northern Ohio, they're very proud of that team. And they're looking forward, you know, to what they can bring. But back to the point here, I, I think it is the bigger question. But so, what kind of answers would would you want from the NFL jargon to be reassured that that they did go through quality procedure testing?
0: I I, I just don't buy it. I mean, anybody that's going through the concussion protocol, best case scenario is typically like ten days. Like I I. I, I they are rushing Patrick Mahomes through this protocol in order to get him to play in the game because it's the Sunday night, you know, feature game of the week.
1: I hate the feature game. It's, it's the freaking AFC Championship.
0: Right, but I, what it's I'm a saying win or
1: go home. It don't matter if you play this on Wednesday.
0: No, I'm saying I'm saying it's the featured game because it's the the later of the two games. It's the game in prime time. The NFC championship is in the afternoon. The AFC championship is the premier game. It's got the Sunday night slot. Jeez. Trying to make me out to be an AFC hater. Man. I was going to put over Baker Mayfield and how good I thought he looked in this game, twenty-three well, no, of thirty-seven. I, 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 but now,
1: I, 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 I don't care where they play this, when they play this, it, it's it's the AFC Championship game. The stakes don't get any higher. That they're going to run out, they're going to run out their their All Star, the the face of the franchise, unless really the league steps in and says, no, you can't
0: make it happen, Goodell. I'm just saying, I want to see the Chad Henne game.
1: You, you think? You think that any way, Goodell has the balls to step up and challenge this? Nope.
0: Zero. And,
1: and, and you know, you, you bring up, and I do get what you're saying, Jargo, the importance, the, the greater emphasis because of the time slot, because of the the viewership, the right. premium advertising. So you're going to have all that pressure from networks, oh, all yeah. that from sponsors. Yep. I, I, I'm sure that, that Jake from State Farm – rubbed some dirt on it, slapped him on the ass, and told him to get out there.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Let's talk about the, the main event of the weekend. Rick, it's really, really hard to beat the same team three times. You know, one, once you beat them yeah. twice. Oh, you know, actually, it, it, the stat on that, it wasn't as difficult as you believe Really?
1: It was almost the favor towards the Saints. The last 12 times it happened, where you had the the, uh, the three-peat matchup, not the three-win, but the three matchups, uh, the team that won the first two won nine out of 12 times.
0: Wow. Look at you dropping stats.
1: Yeah. How about nice. that one, huh?
0: Very nice. Tampa Bay takes out Drew Brees and the Saints, 30-20. to 20. and And this was really – the Saints turned the ball over four times – you, you can't do that against Tom Brady. Tom Brady turns those four turnovers into three touchdowns. Um, it, there, There's two big conversations going on here. Number one was this Drew Brees' final game. He goes 19 of 34 for 134 yards, has three interceptions. It, it didn't look like he could throw the ball more than 12 yards down the field at any given point in time. Rick, this was kind of sad to watch. Um, I, I've i always been a fan of Drew Brees. I respect the hell out of that kid. I, going all the way back to when he was at Purdue, um, I've been following Drew Brees' career for a long time. I hate to see it end this way, but unfortunately, it seems to end this way much more than it ends with, you know, Elway walking off with the Lombardi trophy.
1: Uh, absolutely. You know, just watching the thing, it. it you couldn't help but become, you know, overcome with emotion, especially for, you know, someone that, that grew, that is kind of grown with, with breeze through college and in into his professional career and everything that he's really had to overcome. You, you talk about one of those great underdog stories in sports. It's Drew breeze. And now if that was the last hurrah, Whatever the case might be, you know he'll he'll always be enshrined there when you look at all the records that he's been able to compile, and he's going to be a surefire, you know, first ballot Hall of Hall of Famer. Thankfully, he did have that championship, and it just speaks to how difficult it is to win a championship in any of these major sports.
0: Let's let's talk about the other big story for the Saints, Jameis fucking Winston. Did you see that fucking bomb? 56 goddamn yards, man. 56, like it was nothing. Jameis fucking Winston. Touchdown, baby.
1: Hey, guy, and coming this offseason, brand new to the Hamin Media Group platform, it's Jargo and Winston. Yes, he he has been pimping, he has been promoting. Pimping for Winston. And now now he's getting his own show with him. It's Jargo and Winston coming to the Hameen Media Group platform. Fucking A, dude. 56 fucking yards. It's the 30 and 30 podcast. 30 TDs, 30 interceptions, 56 yard bombs.
0: Jameis fucking Winston. Jargo and
1: Jameis. Jargo and Jameis.
0: Fucking Mitchell Trubisky has a fucking job and Jameis Winston can't get any fucking playing time. Kiss my fucking ass. Let's talk about the let's talk about the other team, the team that actually won. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's right, not Tampa. Tampa. Tom Brady's 14th trip to a championship game. First in the NFC, of course. Uh, Rick, by all accounts, Tom Brady's had a bit of a down season. It's been it been been Kind of a down year for Tommy Terrific. Here's what constitutes a bad Brady year. 65.7% completion percentage. That's actually higher than his career average of 64. 4,633 yards. 40 touchdowns. A rating of 102.2. He did throw 12 interceptions, to be fair. But 40 touchdowns. Rick, that's a bad year for Tom Brady. Really, like that—that—that that, that was like an MVP season if it's not for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I do
1: want to laugh at it with you, and not because you love your stats. You always got them numbers for us. I think when you really judge this, you know, what did he mean for that franchise? I mean, he really brought in and installed a completely new culture. Absolutely, a, a championship mentality. And you did have that transition where it it, it took a little bit, okay, how do we gel together? And more so, it wasn't on Brady's shoulders. It was coaching and management to say, okay, we need to give him – we need to loosen the reins, give him more control. We we need to follow the same blueprint and path that they did in Denver when Peyton came in. Right. It it wasn't, hey, Peyton, you need to learn Bronco football. We needed to learn me. Yes, they need to learn Peyton style. And, and that's what and that's when you saw Tampa really coming in their own. That's when they started to gel. Now I know even in this this past week, you know, they nobody they just don't want to give the credit to Brady. Oh, this defense finally showed up. Defense had to carry him. Well, you know, you, you show up in big games, and guess where they learned that from? Guess who took them to that level? Freaking Brady. He threw
0: 40 touchdowns this year. Like it's it, it's insane to me. It's absolutely insane. So this week the early game 305 Eastern Standard Time Sunday on Fox favors the Green Bay Packers by 3 points. Tommy Terrific coming into Lambeau. Rick, this is crazy. This is only the 4th game that Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers have been on the same field. As long as those two guys have been around, it's it's Brady 2-1 to one over Aaron Rodgers at this point, but only the fourth time these guys have played against each other. And they were all just like throwaway games. None of them meant anything. It's not like they've, they've ever met in the playoffs or anything. It, it just seems crazy to me that we have these two incredible generational talents and they just – they never play each other. I, you really got to think. When
1: you talk about their generation, Manning, Breeze, Brady, and, and Rogers, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, it's just and, – and, and that they've only had you know this just limited passing, really nothing on the line. I think that's what's so tremendous. What this adds the stakes to this thing? When well, you talk about those ultimate bragging rights and, and how you define a legacy –
0: I also find it interesting that this will be the Packers' fourth trip to the NFC Championship game in the last seven years. They are 0-4 in those games. Um, But this will be the first time that one of those games will be at home. Green Bay normally ends up the two seed in the NFC and they end up having to go on the road and they end up going out to a place like Atlanta when Atlanta was hot and getting blown out in the dome or they end up having to go out to San Francisco. And if for some reason, Aaron Rodgers can't play in the state of fucking California, it makes no sense to me. It's going to be at home. There's actually going to be some fans at Lambeau. It's going to be Cold. And I, 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 there's a lot of people make it, well, I don't know if Tampa Bay can handle the cold. You realize Tom Brady played in fucking Boston for 20 years, right?
1: He'll have this team ready. They're going to go in there ultimately prepared. But I think there is something to be said to having that battle take place on your own terrain.
0: Oh, absolutely. absolutely. And
1: finally, Lambeau opened back up. They had a great amount of
0: fans there last week. Almost 9,000.
1: It, it looked pretty good. They got them in there. Uh, they're going to be excited. That city is going to just itself is going to be electrified. You're, you're going to be able to feel it from border to border there in Green Bay. Uh, is is a, putting over that the team is hungry. This fan base is always hungry for that title town for a reason. Stakes could never be higher. You have the the biggest heel in the game coming to the town and Brady. You talk about just an epic story. Fans to get invested. I mean, I'm fully expecting this thing to be a slugfest.
0: I don't know. I don't know how much of a slugfest it'll be. I feel like Green Bay is so much better than Tampa. I, I really do. And, and it's mostly on the defensive side of the football.
1: And I'm going in, I think because of the highs of last week, that Tampa Bay defense played incredible. They sure did. They've got confidence. They've got some bark with that bite.
0: Yeah, but Aaron Rodgers can throw the ball more than 12 yards down the field at this point. Uh, I feel like Breeze just did not have it last week. Um, I, I know that the, the Tampa Bay defense, they, they played great. But I don't feel like the New Orleans offense played very well. And this Packers offense is clicking on all cylinders. The defense is severely underrated. I think Green Bay is going to win this game. I think Green Bay is going to win this game handily, which means I'm pulling for Tampa Bay and Tom Brady to win this game. That way I'm not disappointed if my favorite team wins. But I think I got to pull for Brady. There's not there's not time left for Brady. This is it, man. This is the fuck you, Bill Belichick. I went out and won me a Super Bowl all by myself, and I'm riding off into the sunset. This is it for for Tommy. Terrific. Tommy Terrific's gonna go to the Super Bowl. He's gonna get another one without Belichick, and then he's gonna Elway piece the fuck out. I'm pulling for that.
1: Where okay, you you have this incredible story, riding off into the sunset for Tom Brady.
0: Goat gonna go. Where where does that leave Aaron Rodgers? I have no fucking idea. I really don't. Um. It, I feel like everything is set up for Green Bay at this point. Um, this team seems like they are just clicking on all freaking cylinders. Rodgers looks like he is just out of his mind. Just He is in that freaking zone. I don't think Buffalo has enough offense to keep up with the Green Bay Packers. And one thing we didn't talk about with Patrick Mahomes, regardless of the concussion... He's got something going on with that foot and he can't run the way that he normally does. He was hurt before that concussion and uh, that foot ain't getting any better until the off season. So I think a hobbled Mahomes against green Bay. I think green Bay can beat Kansas city. If it comes down to it, I feel like the cards are just laid out. Like this is the Packers window right now. This team no changes. This is it.
1: I agree wholeheartedly with you, Jago, and I think we we have you know kept this conversation about Drew Brees. What is going through his head? What's he processing? A loss here, and Aaron Rodgers could be having those same conversations with himself.
0: Well, and not only that, I I feel like a loss here really hurts Aaron Rodgers. I, if you go to Seven championship games and lose five of them, or I'm 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 sorry. This will be five in seven years. You go to five championship games in seven years and lose all of them. I feel like even that Super Bowl, people are not going to look fondly at Aaron Rodgers like we do at Tom Brady, like we do at Peyton no, I, I don't
1: I don't think you. I I think he is. Not really on that level in any case. And it is different. We're talking about championship games. They're a little forgettable. You're going to remember the Super Bowl over that. I don't think because of those consecutive losses or how many times he was put down.
0: Isn't there a hell of a difference between having one ring and two, though?
1: A a bit, but I, I think when you're weighing the losses down. Now, losing in a championship game is going to have much less effect how we remember down the road instead of a loss in a Super Bowl true and I think that you know it look at what it's done to jim Kelly. I mean it it defines yeah the incredible career that he had
0: well, and I think the other thing with Rogers is that one Super Bowl was so early in his career, you know it's not like the Elway thing where you get it right at the end Ab- absolutely. I think Green Bay's taking this thing. Buffalo at Kansas City, 640 Eastern Standard Time, Sunday night on CBS. Means my Sunday night at work is going to absolutely suck. (laughs) Kansas City favored by only three points. I can only assume that is largely in part to the Mahomes injuries because they don't know where to put it. If if Mahomes is going to play or if Henny's going to play, that's going to make a hell of a difference in the spread. Um...
1: Well, I think you, you know, as, as we've learned from our, our good friend JB Jabot, you got to watch that money, watch where it's moving, right. watch the people, and, and you know, a lot of, they're trying to get a lot of that money kind of balanced out there.
0: Does Buffalo have enough to go into Arrowhead and win this game? That's my question.
1: Uh, very, very simple. Uh, I no.
0: <laughs> Even if it's Chant Henny. If Mahomes does not play, if it's just Chad Henney versus the Buffalo Bills, I I still feel like that's a pretty straight-up matchup.
1: Even in that case, I think you get Andy Reid completely prepared for this thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I, even without Mahomes, I see Kansas City winning this thing by 10. I necessarily – and I don't, again, I, I don't want to knock the Bills in that case. I think they have made tremendous strides. Just, I just –
0: not quite even good. with
1: even with the success, they they still have a ways to go to get into that upper echelon.
0: Absolutely. So if it comes down Green Bay, Kansas City, that's kind of what we're both thinking. Who do you got way too early Super Bowl prediction?
1: I, I, I'm still going. I know we we've got two. you know, we got this week. We got that, that big layover for for the drama to unfold, the stories to be told, the, the personalities to shine. For
0: State Farm to cough up
1: all that fucking money, man. As of right now, I still think this is Green Bay's championship to win. to To bring it back to Town.
0: God, that just—I can't say it. Too superstitious. Can't say it. That's why I'm not doing the pickums because I can't pick Green Bay. Got I got to pull for Tommy. Terrific. Go Bucks. Hey,
1: I I, I am curious if this. If, what is the closest that both championship games have ever been played to each other?
0: <laughs> this might be it. This might be it. It's got to be awful damn close. Midwest represent. All right, so that's going to wrap things up for this week's show. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. Then drop us one of those five stars. Help us out in the Algos. Special shout out to Sharisa, uh, our new buddy. Yeah, going to have her on after the fight too. Get a kind of an update. Um, Rick, I really don't have anything I want to plug this week. There will be a new episode of Destino coming probably in the next three, four days. going to be sitting down with my good friend from Down Under, Mr. Jimmy T, getting get caught up on New Year's Dash. And then I think I might actually have a guest for uh, the Stardom Report this week kind of get a, a reset of stardom and where they're at here in January. What do you got going on this week?
1: Well, certainly looking forward to El Destino and what you got dropping over there. Uh, Chili's number one
0: podcast.
1: Chili's number one podcast. Jargo popular in Chile. Chili just popular with RBV. But yeah, you can find Destino over on the Hami Media Group affiliate platform. All the great content going on over there. We got we got Star Wars. We got Star Trek. We've we got Horror Junkyard. We got the right of. Right up- Sucking good times We got the, the war on morons Of course you can find us there The Hitting the Marks Podcast And then for that core content With the Hameen Media Group It is over at hackerhami.podbean.com. And of course that's The Locker Room Series All the reviews the, the Conspiracy horsemen, So much more The Infinite Fringe We got it going on we, we got our hands in A little bit of everything Again the affiliates At HameenMediaGroup.podbean.com The core content At hackerhami at podbean.com and of course all now of, of our partners, you got Stevie Ray TV, you, you got the hustler Rip Rogers, we're getting ready to launch the big Veto brand we got a, a little bit more, I'm going to jump into an announcement I'm involved with, we have got, you would not believe the names that have been contacting us, want to get on board, so you're going to stay on top of everything with the Hami Media Group, check, you know keep up across social media at the Hami Media Group, move us up on Facebook in a live discussion group, the Hami Media Discussion Group Or, hey, you just get it as we share it from me, Jargo. Uh, You get me on social media, at the real RBV. Oh, and guess what comes next week, Jargo?
0: What's next week? RBV eats out
1: Cincinnati Wing Week.
0: I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be a fun edition of uh, RBV Fitness next week. We will talk to you then. For now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya! Your fingers. Label me. I don't, don't give, give
2: up. up. I'll be your bad guy. I smell self-righteousness. That's
0: the bad guy. Go! Johnny, you betrayed. Pin the blame on me. I smell self-righteousness. That's righteous. the bad guy. Go. Oh.
3: at home the with me time last time night, I'll be your bag of